Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed network, and we hope we're just what you needed. Oddity Files. All things creepy, cryptic, otherworldly. What's up, weirdos? Another episode of Oddity Files coming right in your fucking face <laughs> right now. And um, God, I'm pretty stoked. Oh my lord! Oh, that does sound very, very naughty. Now that you've had that laugh, I, you're not sure if you should laugh or not. I thought that's Wait, the Floyd. direction you were headed, and I was just like, okay, we're going there. Great. <laughs> No, wasn't my plan, but yeah, apparently every all the cool kids are thinking I'm dirty, yep. and I like it, so there you go. <laughs> what are you drinking? What are you drinking tonight? <laughs> um, water and CBD-infused water, so. There you go. You know, doesn't take much with me. <laughs> just, just gotta, so I thought I had this um, podcast, I'm just gonna fucking do it. I was like, God, should I talk about it? Should I not talk about it? And Chris is like, I, I don't even fucking care when I asked him about it. But um, I I had this podcast I was going to record like an hour before this. It was supposed to be like a 30-minute thing. We've been going back and forth on the emails. And I don't know if he's a listener. And if he is, dude, I'm sorry. But I thought we were recording a podcast. It turned into a 30-minute pre-call. My people will call your people. And neither one of us have people about what he can ask me about on the podcast when we do record it. Oh. I am not that important, people. Just record a fucking podcast. I'll tell you stories about ghosts. I'll add some banter, some quips, make it funny when I can. I don't need a fucking pre-call. I get on the phone, he's telling me about himself for 10 minutes. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty, like, I mean, I'm so lost. I need so much. Like, what? He had posted in a podcast, I mean, in a paranormal Facebook group, which I'm members of several of them because I spam the shit out of them with this podcast. <laughs> but he's like, hey, looking for people to be on my podcast. So I'm like, send him an email and say, hey, be totally interested. You know, just trying to find new weirdos to add to the clan. And, and I, I called him. It was like five minutes early. I'm like, oh, I'll get it done five minutes early, half hour. I'll, I'll have plenty of time for oddity files, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And he goes on and on. And yeah, I was a stand-up comedian in Chicago. And I wasn't a headliner. but And I'm like, what? Is this your podcast talking about yourself to some random person? I mean, that might be an excellent podcast idea. Let me tell you about myself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Every fucking episode. I feel like that would be the best bit ever. Like now I want to start a podcast <laughs> that's just a comedy podcast where I have like really fascinating guests. And it's like, oh, let yeah. me tell you about me. And it's just the same story over and over and over again. <laughs> Every episode. And it's just the only thing that's different is their reaction. <laughs> yep. 
That would and be it's got to be a Zoom meeting. <laughs> exactly, because you got to be able to see them. That's fantastic. I'll add that to the list of uh, Paranormal University and now Self-Centered Podcast. Yes. <laughs> did you come up with a name for said Paranormal University? That is the true question, because I did not. I did not also. I failed everybody, Such. including myself. Me too. We're on the same page. I'm here to comfort you. You're here to comfort me. Perfect. Speaking of comfort, my... Um, my my emotional support puppies got spayed yesterday. Oh, oh, the poor babies! Yeah. They got the cones. <laughs> well, we started off with the cones, and um, on the drive home, and the vet was like, "You know, you can take them off as long as you're watching them, things like that." Wasn't even thinking about it today. Luna kept hiding under the bed, and I mean, her best friend Maple, which who is my daughter's dog, was over, and she was hiding under the bed, and I. I came downstairs, and Maple and Venus were looking at me. I'm like, oh, what did they do to Luna? Because I can't, I've been, haven't been able to find Luna all day. I mean, she'll pop out. I just didn't know where she was coming from. And they're, like, looking at me like guilt all over their face. Because, yes, I read into dogs that much. <laughs> but... I finally find her and she's under my bed and I'm coaxing and I'm coaxing and finally she comes out and then she's licking herself obsessively. She is my OCD dog. Venus is ADHD. Luna is OCD. Um, so I had to put the cone on her Aww. and none of the other dogs had the cone on and she just, that poor thing, you know that cone of shame look on their face. You're like, it didn't have to be like this. It didn't have to be like this. It didn't. <laughs> I told you no. But honestly, they're doing great. Um, we decided to get them both done at the same time. And I think that was for the best. Yeah. And they're on some anti-anxiety pills, which is really just to kind of take them down a notch so they're not like running around like maniacs like usual. Yep. And yeah, that's the update on the emotional support puppies. But they're super cute. And I keep going through my phone looking for other pictures, and I keep coming across their puppy pictures, Nick. I can't. Why do they get so big so fast? I know. Mine, a year ago, I found a, a video of when he, uh, when we take him to doggy daycare, and he was just so little. And now I look at him like, God, you got the biggest head. <laughs> <laughs> I will make this dog thing paranormal real quick. Uh, L Venus is always looking in what we call Chris's library because when they put in our ADT, the the dude called it the library because there were shelves in it. But it's not his office. It's his library. I'm doing air quotes for those of you not on the Patreon. But um, Venus looks into the library quite often and then like backs away real quick, which I'm fine with. There's... There's a bay window in there with reflections from everywhere. Well, the other day we were babysitting Maple, you know, my dog's BFF slash niece. And um, Maple saw her do that and started barking. So now I'm wondering what's in the goddamn library. Then that's the name of this episode. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant, my friend. That's it. Seven, seven and a half minutes in. Here we are. What's in the goddamn library? Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know, we, we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But 
We're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Anything fun and exciting going on with you? I've, I've just been spewing. Didn't even ask how you are. How's your paranormal life? Is it normal? Is it paranormal? I wish it was paranormal. Shit. It'd be way more interesting <laughs> if it was. It's pretty good. I've been like playing cash up after coming off a long side job and the crazy week that was last week, which I guess because we're a week ahead, it was two weeks ago. So I'm like trying to find my my quiet time and so i'm trying to catch up on movies and in the like um yeah so i'm 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 playing catch up on on movies and stuff and i watched a movie called possessor this weekend which was directed by david cronenberg's son the the great david david cronenberg and it was you were excited about this one very excited it was very gross but also one of my favorite movies of the year but it's not for everybody. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. I would not recommend it to anybody. It's like The Lighthouse. I loved The Lighthouse. I wouldn't tell anybody to watch it ever. <laughs> I just wouldn't. This is one of those movies. That I Probably even more so, I wouldn't be like, hey, everyone go watch this movie because it is not for everybody. It's very, very gross. Speaking of Nick's movie reviews, our newest podcast partner is Shudder. How exciting hey. is that? So very fucking excited, and I can't remember the fucking URL, so I'll cut all that out, and <laughs> I'll pop it in as I'm editing. Perfect. Get, I think it's tinyurl.com slash shutter. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash shutter. And you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time, streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content, to their flexible membership plans. Shudder is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month. And yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? tinyurl.com slash get shutter tinyurl.com slash get shutter g-e-t-s-h-u-d-d-e-r let's get scared that's the one yeah. now everyone has an excuse or well you don't need an excuse because it's so good Tur- right. go on shutter and watch scare me one of the best movies of 2020 go, I, go. yeah I keep seeing people talking about it get it I, uh, I've been doing some witchy stuff in the Odd Coven, the Facebook group called Odd Coven, and I made a, a spell bottle. Oh. 
I'm a fucking witch, Nick. I dare I dare not enter that group. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of research on on some witchy stuff. It's stuff I've wanted to know about for a long time, but didn't have any like little push to look into it. Yeah. But this this little odd coven has been magical for that. So if you're listening and you want to join, if you're into witchy shit, if you're a full-fledged fucking witch and you have all the advice, we'd love to have you. It's um, Odd Coven on Facebook. And we've got all kinds of social networks. I, I know for a fact that TikTok is still a thing. I don't know how they did it. I'm not going to ask. Nick, what's TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter? It's just Oddity Files, at Oddity file. Oh, I guess a TikTok, maybe not at, but ju- just... It is. Aud- okay, at Oddity Files. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. Have I been on TikTok? No. Uh, not at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's why I always ask you if it's still a thing. Yep. Because, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's a fucking time sucker, is what it is. But if you're on it, add us. I'm not adding anything to it at all right now. But, yeah. Our Patreon page, though, I am adding all the shit. I'm just saying, and it's good shit. So head on over to patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Get on in there, join. I've been doing a little video paranormal in the news segment once a week for our pledgers who pledge $20 or more a month. And it's been kind of fun. I add some like news music at the beginning and I've got the look, things coming in from the side. It says Kitsy Duncan, paranormal in the news. God, I love iMovie. <laughs> I love that so much. I wish I had something cool to contribute. I mean, like, if you if you spend thirty five dollars, I'll roast you. I don't know. Like, what? What? I, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'll give you a piece of my uh, arm hair. I don't know. Hey, you can do movie reviews, Nick. In depth movie reviews. I mean, not that you have time. Yeah, no one wants that. I I'll do like a. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get all doctored up in, in my Bigfoot costume again and do like a calendar shoot. Oh my God, that's fucking genius. <laughs> we need an Oddity Files calendar. We do. We got to dress you up like a unicorn. <laughs> I have a unicorn onesie, sir. <laughs> I wore it on Halloween night. <laughs> it's fleece. Each month is just me and you in different like cryptid costumes. <laughs> We're like sheet. Here's sheet my unicorn pose. The unicorn pose. <laughs> you Patreon members can see that shit. We both can be like big. We can both get done up like Bigfoot, and we can do like a prom prom. <laughs> oh my god! A whole cal like when COVID's over. Yeah. Um, a whole calendar of you and I dresses, fucking Sasquatch, just doing like everyday things in the grocery store, gardening. Um, yeah, trying on shoes that don't fit. Al Bundy style. Somebody make this happen. I need makeup artists, photographers, and people with really good lighting because I'm fucking old. Well, I mean, if we're in a Bigfoot suit, technically, <laughs> technically we won't be seen, really. We're just going to get the Bigfoot makeup done up. Right. But still, I, I will have wrinkles, so I need them blown out. So, <laughs> I would love to see you as like a lady squatch. That would be so much fun. <laughs> I would be sassy squatch. <laughs> Do like the, <laughs> like what's the walk? Oh, yeah. I need some heels, like legit. Like we would go viral, sir. Oh my and then we should get sax squatch to join us. Yeah, we'd have the for heel. our prom photo. Mm-hmm. 
That's it. We j- that just happened. An, aud- an oddity files benefit concert, and the headlining artist is a sax squatch. <laughs> yes, please. They're talking in the oddity files uh, fan group on Facebook that we need to have a meet and greet where everybody just kind of all of us weirdos get together and just have a good time. I think it sounds like fun. I think this this is coming together nicely. I love That's it. That's my comment. That's it. It's going to be like uh, a <laughs> um, not anniversary. What's that called when you go to like uh, when you when your class gets back together after all those years? A reunion. A re- that's what it's called. <laughs> why did I'm I taking struggle? vitamins. I knew a word. <laughs> it's a miracle. Why would I? Why did I struggle with that word? Oh, you have your art house garbage hat on, and Yay. I have my movies shirt. Both the same company. Sweet. I'm Love really, it. I'm really, really rocking the the merch game today. <laughs> same. I've got my. When I made this shirt design, I was laughing, cackling in my office by myself. So it's like an old school inquirer style thing. We call it weekly fake news. And I've got a picture of like a pregnant woman with the sunset behind her and Sasquatch next to her throwing up the deuce. (laughs) And um, (laughs) it says, I had Bigfoot's baby. But we can't get a decent picture of him. <laughs> it's still fucking funny. <laughs> and then there's like little baby blurry. No, it's this side. Little baby blurry Sasquatch. Oh, my God. <laughs> I still think it's fucking hilarious. It's been two years. I love it. Uh, this uh, you're, you're slap happy tonight, and I'm here for it. <laughs> this is like the most giggly you've ever been, and I'm so happy. You know what? I'm just over stressing about shit I have no control over. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's, I, I have hope again. Yep. That's all I'm going to say. I have hope again. Yep. So, and it feels fucking good. I know. I'm finally going to get a haircut. So that's going to feel even better. <laughs> I need to do that. These roots are like from October, I think. No, maybe February. But, you know, thank God it was sunny for so long and it kind of bleached on its own. Um, oh, I forgot to mention Patreon producers real quick. Donald Blanche Flower, Doug Malden Locke, and Ryan Hoke. You guys are what makes the magic happen, and you are our executive producers. We thank you for that. I should have saved the haircut S- comment for after that because I could, then I would have been the perfect segue would have been like, hey, speaking of locks, I can't wait to get a haircut <laughs> next week. <laughs> Did I say Doug Maldenlock or Doug McClock? Because sometimes I say McClock. You said Maldenlock. And it's okay. Thank God. And like <laughs> one time I did, I text him. I'm like, Doug, I fucked up your name again. I'm so sorry. Forgive. <laughs> I guess like, forgive me. <laughs> um, I think that's all the stuff and all the things. I may have a book release date next week. Oh shoot! I'm ready. I got some reading to do. I gotta reread my book because everything's formatted on their part and tonight after we're done with this i'm probably going to be up to the wee hours rereading my book so god i hope it's still interesting i'm sure it's it's perfect and i cannot wait to read it god bless you check out beyond the fray it is my book publisher they're kind of awesome kind of cool and they love all the things we love from ghosts to bigfoot to aliens it's kind of magical can you give us a page count 
Um, what was my page count? I it was like over thirty five thousand words because that was my my goal. Uh huh. Let me see if I can do I the think. math. I could. I might be able to do the math. Here we oh, go. how long is it going to take me to read? Calcu- I'm a really slow reader. Calculating, calculating. Uh, <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're looking at around 140 pages, double spaced. Okay. When using 12 point font. Well, that's not a lot. That doesn't seem like maybe that. That seems like it's. That doesn't be more. seem right. I don't know. I don't know. I was just trying to get an exclusive. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll text you when I figure that out. So you, you can have the exclusive. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't even know where that went. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You want to hear some decent news, some wholesome news, some news you can't find on a cable station, Nick? I, As long as it's not about a cat getting rescued from a tree, I'm 100% down. Oh, is that a thing? I mean, usually when people say good news, they say, well, a cat oh, was rescued from no, a tree. This includes, this includes exorcisms and possible murder. So My favorite kind of news is... <laughs> doesn't get more wholesome than that. (laughs) This comes to us from, I actually thought this had just happened because I I can't find a conclusion to it. So just so you know, there's no conclusion to this yet. This was released last July, so 2019. It sounds like it would have happened in 2020, but it didn't. And the headline reads, ex-nurse fighting for life after doctor poisoned lover in attempted exorcism. Oh, shit. Dun, dun, dun. Former nurse Kelly Wilson, 31, was admitted to the hospital unresponsive and with serious medical condition on Friday afternoon, again, last year. Grimsby Hospital staff alerted police who then arrested her partner, Dr. Hosum Metwally. Metwally is so much fun to say. <laughs> it is claimed Kelly was injured during an exorcism to rid her of and I quote, evil spirits, and I unquote, at their semi-detached home in Grimsby. The couple ran Lynx Pain Clinic together from their home, and Dr. Metwally also works for the local NHS. I don't know what that means, Nikki. Help a sister out. Kelly is currently in, well, at the time of this article, Kelly is currently in critical condition, but stable in the hospital after suffering organ failure. Anesthesiologist and chronic pain specialist, Dr. Metwally, 58, appeared before Grimsby magistrates. The Egyptian-trained doctor has been charged with grievous bodily harm with intent in administering an unknown poison or noxious substance. The offense are alleged to have taken place uh, between July 2 and 5 in 2019. Forensics continued their investigation on Monday at the couple's home, police removing items from the property. Alongside his private clinic, the doctor also worked with Northern Lincolnshire and Gooley, G-O-O-L-E-N-H-S Trust, which runs Grimsby's Diana Princess of Wales Hospital. Um, Police confirmed the force was called by concerned staff at the hospital. Hospital officials have confirmed Metwally is to be, quote, excluded from working at all trust premises after being charged. I can't find any information about why he thought she was possessed, why he she he thought she needed an exorcism. 
Um, the couple are believed to have been living together for several years. After he split with his wife, he has two children from a previous marriage. The couple cl- couple's clinic helps patients with acute pain. A neighbor said they were living together about three years and seemed like a really happy couple. So, yeah, there's... I, I have to find out more about this. I originally found this on my timeline on Facebook. And like I said, I thought it had just happened. And that's why I couldn't find any more information on it. Um, it says Kelly was an attractive girl, but had not been seen for the last 18 months or so, which is super concerning. Um, she's At the time of this article, she's still alive. He tried to exorcise the demons and almost killed her. I feel like there are more of these stories that, and I don't, you don't realize it until you actually, because like how many of us see a story or read a story in passing and we go, okay, cool. This story is fucking crazy. I need to, I need to know more. And then two, three months down the line, we like, it never got a conclusion. I feel like there are multiple stories. There was one a couple years ago that was like super insane. I can't really remember it and I'll try to look it up and remember for next week, but they just happen and then they just fade away. I hate that. That's like torture to me. It is, but it's like, are people just not covering? Do we, is our news cycle just moved on to something else or is there something that's like, let's can that and not cover it anymore. Yeah. I I really think that's the case. Um, Or it wasn't nearly as dramatic as they claimed it was. And they're like, oops, let's not cover that again. It's like the slow news week scenario where, where where they really stop and they go, well, we can make this sound really crazy. And then they run the story and then they don't run it again because anything else strips away the mystery and what made the story interesting in the first place. Right, right. And and this left it as his trial had been postponed. Maybe it still hasn't happened yet. Maybe it was supposed to happen when COVID hit. I don't I don't know. But I, I, I will try and look into it and see if I can find a conclusion. I, I, I'd had it saved because, I, again, I thought it had just happened, and I thought it was okay not to have a conclusion. Um, and then I, I went to open it before Nick and I started recording, and I'm like, motherfucker! <laughs> so... That's where we're at with it. Motherfucker. <laughs> what a great, strong end, end point. That's usually my ending thought with a lot of things, <laughs> just in case you were wondering. <laughs> Guys, we have a new segment for you this month. It's I was telling Nick before we started, I haven't added really anything new to this podcast since the start. It's storytelling. It's some paranormal in the news. It's some banter and a listener story. Well... Yesterday, I was going through my Instagram timeline, and I came across Ms. Ms. Fortune, M.S. Fortune, and she is killing it with the astrology game, and she gives astrology good, like she gives good astrology, but she's snarky, there's curse words, and she is like legit to the point, so I would like to introduce you all to this pre-recorded astrology report from Miss Astrology. Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Miss Fortune Astrology here with your weekly energy forecast. So we have been in the shit for a while now, but this coming week offers us a bit of a reprieve. We have two lane changes on Saturday the 21st. Uh, First, Venus moves into Scorpio at 8.22 a.m. So Venus pretty much hates it in Scorpio. She's coming off several weeks in her home sign of Libra, where she's super charming and seductive. 
And now she'll be plunging into the depths of fixed water sign Scorpio, where she's actually in her detriment. Venus in Scorpio is passionate, she's very emotional, and she's hypersexual. But she's also obsessive, jealous, manipulative, and not at all above smothering you in your sleep. People of Venus in Scorpio are very loyal and usually very willing to commit. They say forever and they absolutely mean it. The problem is that you, if you say it back to them and you don't mean it, you've already sold your soul to the devil and you're basically fucked. Overall, Venus prefers things to be light, superficial, decadent, and pleasant. And Scorpio is basically none of those things. So don't be surprised if relations take a bit of a dumpster dive between now and when she exits Scorpio for Sagittarius on December 15th. Then at 3.40 p.m., still on November 21st, the sun moves into Sagittarius, our mutable fire sign. The sun transits through the mutable signs whenever the seasons are about to change over. And here in the northern hemisphere, we're transitioning from fall to winter. Overall, Sagittarius is a great sign. The energy is buoyant, expansive, happy-go-lucky. This is the sign that rules the higher mind, so endeavors around philosophy, religion, spirituality, politics, and long-distance travel. These all fare well and are supported this month. The lunar nodes are still along the Sagittarius-Gemini axis, which means that we're coming up on eclipse season now that the sun will be entering Sag. Major changes to our belief systems are underway, and those changes will certainly ramp up once those eclipses hit on November 30th and December 14th. The sun will exit Sagittarius for Capricorn December 21st this year. The bulk of the week is pretty quiet with just a few relatively gentle aspects perfecting. The two major ones are Mercury and Scorpio will trine Neptune and Pisces on Monday, and then Sagittarius Sun will trine Chiron and Aries on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day here in the U.S. Both of these aspects provide healing energy, but you're going to have to be proactive to really benefit with, from them because trines are kind of lazy. So actually engaging in self-care, creative outlets, or actively being around your loved ones is really the best way to benefit from these trines. Relaxation is certainly favored now as well. The week will go out with a bang as Venus in Scorpio opposes Uranus in Taurus on Friday the 27th. So both of these planets are cranky as fuck to begin with because they're both in signs that they don't like being in. When they oppose each other, there is going to be some massive disruption to your love life, your finances, or your value system. This is most likely to affect you on a personal level if you have something around the seven degree mark of either Scorpio or Taurus or the other two fixed signs, Leo and Aquarius. If you don't have anything there, you may be spared, but you can always sit back and watch the show playing out in the world stage because, you know, 2020, uh, as above, so below. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneastrology.com. I offer lots of different types of tarot and astrology readings. You can also help support my small business by checking out my shop where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and other really cool merch. You can always find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. This is radio DJ shit right here. Yeah, I'm just is. saying. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> fucking A. Um, fucking A. I'm trying to figure out who goes. You know, you'd think I would be prepared. I've got the paranormal in the news. I've got the listener story. I've got Miss Astrology shit. I talk about my dog so I can plug a Chewy ad in, but I never know who fucking goes first. Well, let's do the math. Okay. Two weeks ago, two episodes ago was the Halloween episode at the library. Yes. And it was me. And then last week was this week. So now this week, and you went first. So then this week, okay. I think. So it's back to you. We. This is three. <laughs> What you're telling me is, Nick, 
Back to you. Oh, sure. <laughs> we'll go with it. We'll run with it. Real radio shit. <laughs> and, and back to you. I know I've watched so much news. I feel like that's how I want to talk all the time now. <laughs> like, I just want a board where I can write on it that's like as big as this room with a big map of the United States on it. And I just want to draw pictures on it all day. Not numbers, not pictures of people who people voted for on it. I just want a big chalkboard that's digital is pretty much what I'm saying. Oh, my Lord. Well, that's, I was going to try to find a way to segue this, but I, I can't. So before I start the story, I'm going to start off by reading uh, a dramatic reading from an, uh, a absolutely game-changing piece of art uh, cinema, and it goes a little something like this. I'm so fucking excited right now. <laughs> that was the best segue ever. Don't never discount yourself, Nick. <laughs> it had nothing to do with the, the map. I, don't know. <laughs> I heard Jamal from 90th Street watch the tape last week, and this morning he woke up dead. How the hell do you wake up dead? Because you're alive when you go to sleep. So you're telling me you can go to bed dead and wake up alive. You can't go to bed dead. That shit would have been redundant. No, it wouldn't, because you can go to bed and not be dead, and you can die and not be in the bed. But you are in the bed. That's how you wake up dead in the first place. And that comes from the, the classic movie, Scary Movie 3. Uh, really Ladies changed and the gentlemen, game. Nick Floyd. Really, really changed the game, but it leads into today's story, which is not really a story. It's more like a, 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 an, an education, a, co- a course, if you will, um, on for that unnamed college the, uh, from the unnamed university. Yes, um, this is going to explore the idea of if someone dies as a result of dying in their dream, how would we know, and is that possible? Yes. Yes, this is the shit I am here for, sir. It felt like a really interesting thing. So you, a lot of people are very familiar with this from Nightmare on Elm Street. That was sort of a, a movie that touched on this, but a lot of people thought, okay, it's just a movie. It's not real. Well, we're going to figure that out. So in order to answer this question uh, fully, and this, this actually comes from, this whole write-up comes from sci-fi.com, which is like sci-fi the network, and it was a perfect write-up. So again, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, the legend Fuck is, yeah. as originally heard, was definitive. If you ever die in a dream, you will absolutely die for real. It wasn't a suggestion or it could be. It was presented as irrefutable fact. It would just happen, no matter what. Yeah. On this front, at least, we're safe. We can say with certainty that dying in a dream does not absolutely result in real death. Dreams of dying and death are not uncommon, and the fact that people are awake and alive to tell of those dreams pretty definitively definitively rules out a one-for-one relationship. However, if we reframe the question to whether or not it's possible for you to die in real life if you die in a dream, or even more loosely, whether it's possible for a dream or nightmare to kill you, the answer seems to be a qualified yes. I've died in a dream. But did you die in real life? Nope. (laughs) I'm still here. What kind of question is that? Go ahead. 
I'm not I'm not debunking your story at all. It was like I died and <gasps> I'm up. Yep. So and I went I'm like, oh I just debunked that. <laughs> you got lucky is what happened. You cheated death. Uh, oh, look <laughs> you, at that. You final destination uh, <laughs> the, the, the dream. Sorry. Uh, first, it is possible though unlikely for a person to be scared to death. When we're frightened, the body flings itself into fight or flight mode, which is triggered by a flood of adrenaline. The heart beats faster and blood flow is rerouted to major muscle groups, particularly in those who already who are already predisposed. The influx of adrenaline can cause a cardiac event, which could lead to death, an ironic result from a process that is meant to keep us alive when sensing danger, which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. For sure. In short, adrenaline is useful. It can cause increased cognitive ability for short periods of time in addition to increased physical response, giving you the opportunity to escape danger. But it's also toxic in large amounts, causing damage to the heart, lungs, liver, and kidneys. Damn. So it's slowly killing you if it doesn't kill you. Yeah. So basically all that stress, anxiety, and uh, adrenaline you're feeling... It, it's, it can make you lift cars and stuff, but also is slowly killing you. So <laughs> congratulations. I should start meditating again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Same. That's what this made me realize. Uh, w- with regard to the heart, a surge of adrenaline causes calcium to enter the cardiac cells, causing the heart to contract. If enough adrenaline is pumped in, the heart just keeps contracting. You get into an arrhythmia and die. Just like that. That does not sound fun. <laughs> no. Fear is, certainly only, uh, fear is certainly one way to cause these surges of adrenaline, but any strong emotion can do it. Enter sudden, unexpected, nocturnal death syndrome, a.k.a. Oh, that's sons. so fancy. <laughs> sons! Sons! In 1981... Can we have a fundraiser for sons? Of course. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at that. I'm just, I, maybe a little. I'm sorry. I won't ever do it again. In 1981, reports of sudden death during sleep began being reported to the CDC. In 1981, I, I don't know what the significance this year has to do with anything. The 80s, that's a paranormal thing we have to figure out in a later We episode. were riding dinosaurs in, in 81 to school, by the way, in case you were wondering. <laughs> the worst these incidents (laughs) seem to be isolated to populations who had recently immigrated from southeast asia otherwise healthy individuals most of them between the ages of 25 to 44 years old were dying in their sleep in total 117 cases were reported from eight from 1981 to 1988 over the course of seven years it seemed so far as anyone could tell that their hearts just stopped None of these individuals had any prior history of cardiac events, and all but one had no family history. I, what? Like, what happened between 81 and 88 that caused 117 people to die in their sleep? That fu- the, the Russians scared us to death in the like, 80s. Is that... Literally. Like stress that high? Like, was that, I mean... Not for me. I was a teenager. I was having the time of my fucking again, life. Like, these people were between the ages of 25 and 44. Like... What was causing them? I, it, it literally doesn't it's make nuts. any sense. Uh, it's also worth noting that as the years progressed, the number of reported incidents decreased. There was, for all intents and purposes, a temporary outbreak of death caused by or at least occurring during sleep. 
This unnerving pattern was, according to Wes Craven, the inspiration for, yep, The Nightmare on Elm Street. According to Craven, he'd read a story about a family who'd come to the United States from Cambodia. Subsequently, their son suffered nightmares so severe he feared sleep. When he did eventually sleep again, he died. That story probably sounds familiar to anyone acquainted with the Elm Street films, but it's also supported by the data or at least one interpretation of it. Night terrors, a sort of half-waking dream state accompanied by feelings of fear and panic, have been observed in cases of sons prior to death. It might also explain why the incidence incidence of sons decreased over time. According to a paper in the journal, what? Yes. So the night terrors thing, is is this something they've suffered from when they were little or it happened right before? Um, I think it's just talking about the idea that Basically, having night terrors causes this fear and panic. The fear and panic causes a continuous trigger of adrenaline, and the adrenaline adrenaline. is triggered by or is then turns into the sudden, unexpected nocturnal death syndrome. Carter had night terrors for years when he was like two. So now I'm concerned about his heart. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well. <laughs> the Damn story, the story is doing else. what you're causing, what you're not supposed to feel. I don't know. True. Um. <laughs> According to the paper in the Journal of the American Heart Association, refugees exhibited high levels of depression and anxiety in the early years after relocating to the United States. Those rates dropped off in subsequent years. That anxiety could have triggered night terrors leading to cardiac events, which ultimately claim the lives of vulnerable individuals. It's unclear and in fact unknowable if reported son's cases were the result of dreams in which an individual died, but there is some correlation between parasomnias, which are sleep disorders, like night terrors, and the sudden onset of death during sleep. We also know that the mechanism exists for the heart to be catastrophically impacted by overwhelming emotions like fear. All of which is to say, while dreaming of death is not in and of itself a death sentence, it probably doesn't help. The good news is, maintaining your heart health can help help to limit these risks. So if you ever... if you, Shit, I'm fucking up the last sentence of this thing. <laughs> so if you're ever in a dream and something wicked comes your way, run. Oh, wow. That's nuts. Yeah, it's sort of all over the place. That's I think insane. It, it was... No, it's not. I'm, I was tracking you every second. <laughs> it's interesting because it's such a fascinating thing. Shit, I keep hitting this table. It's such a fascinating thing because on the surface, it's like here's this movie that was based on this thing that fascinated um, the you know the creative behind it. But the whole thing in a, in and of itself is so wild that it yeah. needs to like. It, I, I, I looked through a few different stories. I tried to whip something up myself and I stumbled upon, across the sci-fi article and the way it kind of encapsulated all the information felt crazy and wild and, and kind of like almost unexplainable like this thing should feel because Suns is also something yeah. that is not super duper common and was very um, common during a sh- or was common during a short period of time. So... It, yeah, it's wild. I had never heard of it and didn't think it was a thing. And here I am, a little bit smarter today. I, I'm not trying to make this a downer in any way, shape, or form, but my my dad, who is the reason I'm into the paranormal, died in his sleep 
of a massive heart attack. So now I'm wondering if the boogeyman was going to him in his sleep and I'm pissed. I will find you and I will kill you. It, you know, it doesn't touch on it a lot, but that kind of leads the, the, or begs the question, like, is, is like be, you know, having pre-exposed conditions with heart health yeah. because you have, and that's, that's the thing we don't like, we don't know. Like if no. someone did have a dream that caused extreme fear or anxiety or that boost of adrenaline, could that trigger a, something to happen in your heart and right. then you die? Uh, it's, I mean, it, it almost makes sense. I mean, granted, my dad was overweight. He didn't eat right. He smoked for years. Yes, he, he had all the symptoms of a heart attack before the heart attack. Um, but I'm not trying to make this about me or my dad. It's just a, it was a thought, a passing thought as you were telling this story. Yeah, well, it's the fact that you have something that correlates to the story in a way that kind of makes you scratch your head. It's mm-hmm. like, it, I, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about dreams. You hear a lot of people, especially when, when they have like visitations at night in terms of, I mean, you have things like sleep paralysis and then you have people who have experiences late at night with the paranormal who they wake up the next morning and they question whether it's a dream. And I feel like this is something that's just another piece to the, to the overall puzzle yeah. that you can shove in there and go, okay, well, this is a thing that exists. So now I know, and then maybe you look at everything and go, okay, we have sleep paralysis, we have these extreme, very realistic nightmares, and we And it almost sounds like night terrors are the step before the sleep paralysis. Right. Like, I never put those two together before until you educated me, sir. Thank you. Oh, trying to to learn something. So I feel like I've done some wacky stories and but this one i was like this is really and this is genuinely interesting and also could just be that extra little like key on the key ring to unlocking things that have maybe happened in your life or things you've experienced or um i don't know maybe just urging you to be like if you're having some pretty hardcore nightmares that get that adrenaline boosted make sure you're taking care of yourself yeah absolutely i i have i don't know when it started happening but i I used to have nightmares you know pretty i'm i'm assuming it's like average you know a few a year or whatever it's not like a reoccurring thing but it, like in my late 30s all of a sudden when they would happen i knew i was dreaming and i'd be like wake up i i don't know what that means i don't know why i was given that gift maybe it's because i accepted the paranormal into my life i'm not sure but i am blessed with that cuz i I mean, I didn't have night terrors, but I, I, I nightmares you scare the fucking shit out of me, and that's what they're there for. So, but I'm curious if anybody else has that. I don't want to call it superpower or ability or anything like that, but when you know you're having a nightmare, can you wake yourself up, or am I just fucking crazy? Yep, <laughs> I am crazy. Thanks. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, we're all a little crazy. Well. I am just bad shit crazy. No, that was super interesting and amazingly educational. These are the conversations I love. This is what makes me a fucking weirdo, is that I don't want to talk about, I just said this, so I'm a weirdo with, with Alzheimer's and or I'm having deja vu moment. I don't know. But this is the real shit. This is the shit people should be talking about. I'm just saying. Yeah. 
I'm stopping again. Now. More more keys keys on the key ring. That's what it's all about. And I think that's if we can provide that once a week. Who look at the good we can do, all of us, everybody together. Absolutely, I love it. Well done, Nick. I'm so proud of you. Oh, okay. You. So <laughs> extra, extra. Read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there. And this store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash Bones Coffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. I am, I mean, my story's not that deep at fucking all. It's not even a goddamn haunting at this point. It's a fluff piece, if you will, because uh, Chris and I started watching Grimm again when it was still mm. it's so good. It's so, so fucking good. Talk about monsters and cryptids and I love Portland too. So yeah, Um and they were talking about something, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to – it was a Native American uh, folklore, and I, I looked into it, and it brought me to the story I'm about to tell you um, because I haven't done a good cryptid story in a hot minute. So this week, mm. let's dive deep into the legend of Pressy, a.k.a. the Lake Superior Monster, and Pressy's oh. story goes a little something like this. Sprawled out over a large portion of Canada in the northern United States is the magnificent Lake Superior, which being the largest freshwater lake in the world by surface area is more like an inland sea and more than earns its name, the native Ojibwe, O-J-I-B-W-E, I'm going to Ojibwe, tribe called the Gichigami which means great sea. And besides its immense size, the lake holds its share of mysteries. And our gal Pressy, I'm assuming she's a female because, I mean, I, I believe all like Nessies and Pressies, and I, I just think they're all females. Um, 
<laughs> Our gal Pressy is believed, but not verified, to have been sighted as far back as the early 17th century by explorers sent to Superior's area by the governor of New France at the time. The creature is most often described as looking like an absolutely massive aquatic snake. Prior to the arrival of the Europeans, though, the Ojibwe people spoke of the lake creature in both respected and feared tones and often depicted it as a Mishupishu. That's what they were talking about on Grimm was the Mishupishu or Great Lynx, a dragon slash cat mix with long horns, palmed paws, great scales, and amphibian qualities. Now, as we've come to learn over the course of many years of European influence, and after countless eyewitness reports, the monster eventually modernized and adopted the name of Pressy, due to a few sightings that took place around the Presky Isle River in Michigan's UP. It also took on its name because apparently it's super difficult to come for some people to come up with a name for a monster that looks like Nessie that doesn't sound like Nessie. So let's talk about the sightings, shall we? In September 1894, about halfway between Whitefish Point and Cooper Harbor, Michigan, the crews of two steamers observed a strange creature, no, that would be creature, inundating along the twilight, its back protruding six to eight feet out of the water. And then the next year, in July, three members of a steamer crew observed a hideous creature off Whitefish Point, which seemed at times to be deliberately pacing their ship. They claimed it had a 15-foot neck and a jaw a foot wide. It's fucking huge. what she said. In 1897, near Duluth, Minnesota, a Detroit man fell overboard when his yacht struck a rock. Does the, Yeah, I guess it does go up to du- Minnesota. Lake Superior? It's the mitten. I don't, I mean... I should I probably so. pay attention to that map when I was watching the election results. Um, <laughs> they didn't cover the Great Lakes. Like, no one was getting elected in <laughs> the Great point, Lakes. Good point. He was attacked by a huge serpent, which he said tried to constrict him in the manner of an av- of a large snake. Uh, his three shipmates also saw the beast. They didn't say whether they saw the beast attack the guy, but they saw the beast. Fast forward a f- century or so to the 1930s. No, not quite a century. Kitsy, way to go. In the 1930s, we're just going to cut all that out. A serpent swimming along about nine miles per hour was observed by two fishermen at Pictured Rocks, Munsing, Michigan. The animal created a strong wake as it passed the shore. Fast forward a couple decades in the 1960s, a family watched a huge animal alternately showing humps and stretching out straight swim upriver past the north coast of Sugar Island. Neither head nor tail was visible, and they said it resembled a log when stretched out straight. About 17 years later. Look, I did math really fast. I didn't even write that in the story. (laughs) Memorial Day weekend in 1977, north of Ironwood, hiker Randy Braun 
snapped a photo of something which he suspects was a giant serpent swimming in the waters of the lake near Porcupine Mountains Wilderness State Park. Randy said it it undulated, that's a hard word to read, in the water like a serpent. The snapshot he took of the beast shows a blurry object in the water. Surprise! But the photo indicates a serpent-like creature with a horse-like head on a long neck and an undefined tail. So here's how it went down in Randy's own words. Okay. He says, when I looked straight out at the open water, I saw two very distinct dark humps, which seemed to be separated by just a few feet. First, one hump would go underwater. Then the next hump would do the same, but only after the first one surfaced. I had a 20 times spotting scope with me and couldn't quite make out what they were. When he began to move east and to my left, she, he meant she, um, one bump going under and then the other, one bump always stayed on top of the water while the other submerged. It became frightfully apparent to me that this object was close to 1,000 feet out. As it gained speed, I realized there was a third smaller bump and that the object was undulating. Dun, dun, dun. It moved very rapidly. And he quoted, and put in all caps, very rapidly, and he unquoted, to the east and quartered toward the, towards and nearly up to the shore. The now obviously living thing stopped maybe several hundred feet from me and began moving and weaving around the large boulders that were in the water and directly towards me. In all caps again, it was big and resembled an anaconda with the girth of a Volkswagen. Don't laugh. It wasn't funny. His words, not mine. Laugh if you'd like. Okay. <laughs> fucking randy i just picture like randy telling the story a hundred times and every time he gets he gets laughed at so he's just clarifying this time he's like don't laugh it's not funny and he says like Like, guys don't laugh it's not funny it's not funny guys come on i saw it it was like seriously the girth of it was it was it was huge um, there was nowhere to go for me because of the slippery slope and the water barriers. So I jumped behind the boulder and grabbed my 35 millimeter Yashaka, Yashika. I'm assuming that was his camera. As it moved toward me, it slowed down considerably, but was making a noticeable wake. It was strangely quiet while it snaked toward me and stopped dead in the water right in front of me. In all caps, it was big! Exclamation point. No shit, Randy. (laughs) Fucking Randy. You only said it 15 fucking times. In all caps, every fucking time. (laughs) I steadied my camera on top of the rock and fired one picture, but was afraid to move after that. The thing sat there for about 30 seconds. Well, then why the fuck didn't you take more pictures? Okay, um, the thing sat there for about 30 seconds. It was its huge horse-shaped head and large, dark left eye staring at me. On the nose was a visible catfish-type whisker, maybe two feet in length, and wiggling. He's so descriptive, that Randy. I love him. So that was Randy's story. Thanks, Randy. 
That's it? Fuck you, Randy. Okay. In the summer of 1981, <laughs> in Munising, in four children and teenagers, all siblings observed a serpent showing three to five humps, rising one to two feet out of the water. The slower it went, the higher the humps. My lovely lady lumps. Check it out. A baby. I'm sorry. As it came within about 20 yards of the private beach, one of the children ran away crying, and the animal headed away, showing lower humps. Fast forward to the 90s. I mean, this this thing is, is not afraid to be seen. Are there pictures of it? Only Randy's, and it's not good. It's oh, not a good Randy. one at all. Fucking Randy. Randy. You knew you were shooting job. on like a shooting on a film camera. It's the seventies. He could have he, he taken like he should have taken like sixty photos. Literally thirty five million. I mean, he might have ran out of film. He, I, I feel like he would have put that in the story if he ran out of film. I feel like he would have too. But like yeah. also being a thousand feet away with a thirty five millimeter lens. Yeah. He, I mean, that's a pretty wide lens. You can't really you can't really get anything with that. I know. It's not Rand- Randy's fault. He didn't know he'd be shooting a water snake today. Well, you know. <laughs> With the girth of a Volkswagen. Water Come snake on, girth. Randy. I see. You're getting naughty. Okay. Fast forward. The 1990s. During the summer, fishermen watched in horror as the large aquatic animal pulled a wading buck deer under the water, leaving only its severed head near Point Iroquois, Michigan. Holy shit. We saw it eat a deer. I'm excited now. Uh, <laughs> um, all the photographic evidence, as is usual, is grainy or blurry. I only knew of Randy's. Um, apparently, this site knew of more. Um, but that is par for the course. And let's face it. Anyone's hand would shake if they thought they saw a monster. Not this bitch. I've mm-hmm. got ghosts on camera, motherfuckers. I'm just saying. Put okay. me in, coach. I'm ready. To, uh, <laughs> stop singing. <laughs> I told myself I wasn't going to do it anymore. Okay. Um, so could it be a giant eel? It seems more likely. Or a giant water snake, a sturgeon. The, the usual explanation seems less likely given the descriptions. But, I mean, Great Lakes sturgeon can be fucking huge. They're like 200 pounds, seven plus feet and up. I don't know, sturgeon. And they're fucking terrifying. Now, they don't have a horse head. Um, I learned about sturgeons. I guess... They can like live in like sewer drains and shit. These oh. things are slightly terrifying, and I, I don't think I, I've known them to eat ducks. My friend KJ had a sturgeon in her pond behind her house that was eating ducks. Eating so, whole ducks? D- yeah. Well, I don't know if it like just swallowed it whole. Uh, those ducks were her babies, and I don't think she wanted to know either. <laughs> but big, ducks were missing. Shit. Yeah. I'm looking at I've never seen one before. A beluga sturgeon can weigh... Wait, is a beluga whale a sturgeon? Oh, no. Uh, shit. No. A beluga uh, sturgeon can weigh up to 25,000 pounds. Oh, shit. Are they freshwater or saltwater? 
Um, I think they're freshwater. Oh, I've seen these before in the in the zoo. They eat deer apparently and decapitate them. There, we, we salt smokes. it. We salt That's it, what man. it is. Are they white? Um, kind black? of. They, they look pretty. They look pretty unique, but apparently you can eat them. Oh, so this is payback. Yeah, <laughs> beluga, beluga sturgeon caviar is a scarce and expensive uh, delicacy worldwide. Oh, I can't do caviar. Oh, so gross, so salty. So their eggs, slimy. Okay, so yeah, that's pretty much where I was ending it, was with the sturgeon, and uh, I think it it's just a sturgeon that likes venison, hanging out in Lake Superior. That makes, I mean, that makes sense. This is fucking crazy. Now I'm like, I've fallen down the sturgeon path, and apparently in the, state of t- in the state of Tennessee yesterday in Chattanooga, the Tennessee Aquarium releases a latest, quote-unquote, class of juvenile um, sturgeons. We're not trying to get rid of them. We're releasing them. Yeah, they're hundred yeah. baby dinosaurs. Yeah, they do look like dinosaurs. They really like yeah. dinosaur fish. It's very fascinating. I and they apparently they're from the Triassic period. Next yeah. week we're doing a joint episode on sturgeons. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and describe what you think the sturgeon the sturgeon the sturgeon looks like because I'm I really suck at that. Like a dinosaur catfish, kind of. Yeah. But it doesn't um, have like a horse head. Randy must have been high. Randy must have been high. It has more like a pointed catfish head. Um, it kind of has like a shark head a little bit. Okay. Yeah. A shark, like some of them I've seen, they kind of look like they have an alligator head. Like a really pointy mouth. with, And they have teeth. They do have little teeth. This is so interesting. <laughs> Sorry. Rabbit hole. You're welcome. Yep. I have I have fallen down the sturgeon the, the sturgeon rabbit hole. <laughs> and at our big meet and greet reunion with Nick and I dressed as Sasquatch, we'll be having beluga sturgeon caviar. Oh and my I will find <laughs> And we'll be and, and we'll and we'll steal a bunch from an aquarium and release them back into their natural habitat. But not my friend KJ's pond. Okay, my sources are mysteriousuniverse.com, Cryptic Chronicles on the Tumblr, and pinbarrensinstitute.com. So, Pressy, she's the thing. Uh, Pressy, I'm, I'm here for it. Now I want to go. Why are we not? Why is there not a whole team? Why have we not drained that fucking lake by now? It's the biggest freshwater lake in the world. It's it's fine. Just put it in another lake somewhere. Just, you know, spread it out with the other Great Lakes. Fill them up a little bit to the tippy top and then see what you got underneath. I feel exactly. like there should be a submarine at this point with like echo somethings that just send out waves. You know exactly what's in that thing. For a lake, I feel like Loch Ness and then this lake with Pressy in it. You got saltwater fucking submarines. Why don't you have lake freshwater submarines? What's the difference? I, I know it's that water. there's been submarine sub, submarines submarines in Lake Michigan, and they found a lot of uh, shipwrecks in Lake Michigan in the Lake Michigan Triangle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just feel like there should be like some echocardio something or another that can like just send out like this. <laughs> 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 
poof. It kind of looks like when they set off the bomb and, and it just everything, it just covers all the land. Like you could do that underwater and like tell you. I mean, you can find bodies buried underground and you can't find Nessie with like if only, radar. If only there was a university that people could attend <laughs> that would teach them a class on sonar, encrypted sonar. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe get some some scientists hmm. up in there and maybe solve this shit. Uh, potentially, they'd probably be graduates from this university. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe someone needs to make one. I don't know. Maybe it should be the 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 Pressy University of Paranormal Psychological and Conspiracy Theories. Done. That's a lot of peas, but I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the PP College, PP University. <laughs> there it is. Okay. So that's my story. I've got a, a long-ish listener story, but a couple of weeks ago when Nick and I recorded live, Daniel came on and told his story to the people that were at the Zoom meeting, but we couldn't record it because the library was unable to record um, the Zoom meeting for whatever reason. It sounded really technical. I really don't know. But Nick and I have heard this story already, so I'm going to run through it real quick so you guys can get the gist of it. It was amazing, and it was one of those feel-good. So it's called The Old Chapel, and it's from Daniel Kay. He said, over my life, I've had several encounters with the paranormal. It started at nine when I saw Sasquatch and has continued off and on through my life life up until a recent encounter in the basement of an antique mall that left my head spinning and finding it hard to breathe. And if you kids scroll on back through the episodes, we've told both of those stories. One of the more strange occurrences that happened to me went down of all places at a meditation retreat. Oh, we just went full circle. This, this is telling you guys we need to meditate more. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at a meditation retreat in a, that I attended a few years ago. These retreats can last from several days to several months, and they are pretty self-explanatory. Participants meditate for 10 to 12 hours a day with short breaks for meals. The meditation itself alternates between sitting meditation and walking meditation. We meditated in a hall in the basement of a Catholic retreat center run by an order of nuns. But for walking meditation, we were urged to spread out throughout the building. I must have been feeling some sort of way. However, this was a silent retreat, so no talking was allowed. I could not do this. God love you, Daniel Kay. But for the walking meditation, I wanted to be off by myself somewhere, not bumping into people and then having to stop myself from saying, excuse me. As I made my way outside into the main room, I spied it at the end of the hallway what looked like an opening. When I go down there, I saw that it was another hallway heading off to the left, but it was almost completely blocked off by boxes and stacks of chairs. I pondered the situation for a second, thinking that if the nuns were blocking it off, I shouldn't go past the barricade. But I thought I could get away with it and use the hallway as my spot. Besides, no nun would do anything to a Buddhist. Really? I kind of thought they were at war. No, I just made that up. Um, There were a few doorways on the right side of the hallway. The first was locked, but the second opened up and the small chapel just tucked away in the far back corner. It was perfect, quiet, peaceful, and almost dark with only a few ancient, nope, accent lights on 
and around the altar. This would do nicely, I thought. I set out my way I set out my walking route and began. Just at the far side of the altar was a closet-sized alcove hidden from the much of the rest of the room. Here was my way station where I could stop, breathe, and become aware of my body and the space for a couple of minutes before finishing the loop and continuing on. On the second time around the chapel, I again paused in the alcove and focused my awareness on everything in and around me. And this is when I heard, so very softly, a short bit of breathing. It was very quiet, almost dainty, but it also, but also like whoever was breathing, was just a little out of breath, giving the sound some depth. At this point, I opened my eyes to see if someone else was in the chapel, but I was alone. And yet the peaceful feeling of energy surrounding this moment was so lovely that I continued to use the old chapel as my walking space. I spent the next several days puzzling over what I'd heard, but each subsequent walking session produced no sound at all. Oh, well, I thought it must have been my overactive imagination, except, except that I could sense the energy, nope, that I could sense the energy that arose with the breathing was still in the chapel. So on the last night, I decided to skip the final two hour session in the main hall. Instead, I spent those two hours meditating in the alcove of the chapel. I really wanted to see if I could sense something again. I was not disappointed. And we are here for this. I'm not sure how long I was in meditation. It felt like a while. When I began to notice that the energy in the alcove started to shift, there was a soft thud from behind me. And then I felt the energy shift right around where I was sitting as if someone was walking past me. So I continued to meditate, but soon directed my awareness to the altar where I was now hearing shuffling and soft steps. And then I was shaken out of the meditation when the lights went on. Being in the alcove, no one could see me unless they were at the altar. But holy hell was I annoyed. (laughs) I noticed also that the sounds from the altar had also stopped. I can't lie. I thought at first it was a nun checking up on the room, suddenly saying, sorry, I'm just a Buddhist meditating here. Didn't seem to be a strong defense. But I started breathing easier when I heard the foot slide and picked up on the labored breathing of one of the other retreatants. Sorry, I don't know why I found that so hard to say. A lovely older woman who evidently wandered where she wasn't supposed to be, just like me, but I didn't want this time interrupted. Then something else happened. The energy in the room started moving all around. I'm not a sensitive, I'm not sensitive to energy enough to pinpoint specifics, but I can tell when it's stationary and when it's flowing, and it was definitely shifting. Whatever that meant, or if something happened, I cannot say because I saw nothing, but what I heard was the huffing breath of a woman beginning to fade, and a second later, the lights went out. All was silent until the bell rang for the final talk of the retreat. I've had mixed feelings about this encounter encounter over the years. I have no doubts that there was a spirit there. If I would guess, I would think that the spirit is of a nun who quietly and kindly took care of the business of the chapel. But that's just a guess. Always go with your gut feeling. That was my two cents. I could never locate any of the type of history of the nuns or the building or 
what would be helpful here. What intrigues me the most is whether or not the spirit had something to do with the woman leaving the chapel so quickly. At the time, it felt to me like that might have been the case, but I also had forgotten the feeling that the haunting was residual. So, question mark, question mark. I am unlikely to ever find out. Two years later, I was back at the retreat center on another meditation retreat. This time, though, there was a gate blocking the hallway to the old chapel. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's in that, that zone where you know anything happens. And he's in his own little space. So anything he's feeling is, is completely valid, I would guess. Yeah, I, I've never seen, I mean, it, and this kind of jogged my mind when we did the episode where he told the story to us live. I don't think I've ever seen like a ghost hunting show or investi- you know, paranormal investigative show where people just sit in a room and like meditate. I feel like maybe visually yeah. that might not be the most interesting thing to watch because the experience you have is your own in your own space and and the place that you've transcended to from a meditation spiritual level. But I feel like the most connection you can have with anything paranormal or spiritual would be to meditate to remove yourself from this plane or what have you. Um, It's super interesting. I mean, I'd love to know if anybody's ever done a study on meditation and paranormal whether it's activity or, you know, feelings or visions or things like that. I mean, they, they call, you know, meditation very spiritual. So I would assume that's for a, a really specific reason. I agree. Pun completely intended. But guys, that's our show. <laughs> if you have a story, send it to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. We love them. It's my favorite part, and I think it is Nick's too. Mm-hmm. But I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Nick Floyd. Where does the new cool ghost on? Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed Network. We hope we're just what you needed. The podcast is brought to you by the Oddity Files TV show. Have you heard of it? Have you watched it? Head on over to Amazon Prime Video and check out Oddity Files a three-season investigative paranormal show. Music provided by James Grice. Please support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Give a little, give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden-Locke, and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store, can't get enough of oddity files wear us on your body tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files please support our partners every little bit helps rate review and subscribe especially on apple podcasts it's what helps us get the word out there and you know we can always use a new weirdo or two come hang out with us on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group. All kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay, go.
I'm done. What are you still doing here? Just get out of here. God, I love Ferris Bueller. <laughs>